0: Hey Jeff. Hey Eric. How are you? I'm pretty good. How are you? Doing well. Thank you. Another great week for It's The Real. Yes, we are back two weeks. We are done with days. We did 12 days of podcasts in a row. We called it 12 days of podcasts and it really was 12 new podcasts in 12 days. I mean, we will never lie to our audience. No, we put in a lot of work and we appreciate all the listens that we got. Jeff has been on SoundCloud checking the stats and... They're real. They're real, and they are healthy, and we appreciate everybody who's listened. You can catch up on all the old episodes at soundcloud.com slash a waste of time. You can also go to iTunes and search for A Waste of Time with It's The Real. Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, uh, Happy Kwanzaa. No, 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 no. no. We are living in Trump's America. We only celebrate Christmas now. So, Merry Christmas to all. Merry Christmas to all, including us. And yes. we celebrated how, Jeff? We went to Madison Square Garden and we watched the Knicks play the Celtics. Yes. Thanks to Dan. Shouts to Dan for getting us those tickets. Uh, shouts to David Cho, who came along with us. We had a great time, ate great food, saw a mostly great game, except for the last five minutes or so. But you can forget about that. The people behind us were very vocal. Very vocal. They about, were- About uh, Isaiah Thomas was wearing a red headband. Right. And he played for the Celtics, and yes. so the people behind us kept yelling, "What's in your head?" I mean, as far as what's far in in your head, as far, far as insults go, I mean, it's classic. What's in your head? Winter classic insult. And David's answer was, of course, it's a, a headband. headband. Yeah, shouts to David. What's show? in your head? <laughs> One day we'll get David on the ch- on the on the show. We'll get David on the show, right? Yeah, I mean, it's up to him. No, no, look, David wants to do the podcast but we just don't know when we're going to do it. Hopefully, hopefully soon. Yeah. Maybe we can like peer pressure him into doing it. David, just come on the podcast at David Show. Actually, this was funny too. In between quarters, they had this um this, you know how they do a race like at the at the baseball games here in New York? They'll have a subway race and you pick one of the subway cars and it's animated and eventually one of the cars wins and that portion of the crowd goes crazy because subway number two won the race fuck subway number two at this game uh they they have people submit selfies of themselves uh and they call it the selfie race and those people uh who are picked three of them their pictures end up on uh, these bodies and then they run you know they are simulated running through new york city yeah it was sort of like rush hour with jackie chan you you know (laughs) flipping over uh, street lights and landing on cabs and stuff. And you get to choose, uh, someone to root for, and, uh, the girl who won... Yeah. Uh, well, they had all their Twitter handles, and so David and I both added her and congratulated her on her win. <laughs> she didn't respond. She just, she just liked it. By the way, David, you guys were so nice to do that, and then David insulted her, uh... Her bio. Her bio was whack. Her bio said that she was a, a graduate of Penn State. And, and that she's an aspiring foodie, NYC. <laughs> what a fucking... So basic. Merry it Christmas to her. was the most basic, Congratulations yeah. on your win. Whatever. Jeff, who do we have on the podcast today? Today we have Jersey Jinx. So people will know Jinx from New Jersey. Yes. People will know him uh, from being on Complex News. And uh, some people even might know his uh, his work as an AuxCore DJ. Uh we had a really nice time with him. It was nice for him to come over after Christmas. It's a really fun episode talking about a lot of things Ferguson and going to school in Atlanta and even time as a a Nestlé salesman. Yeah, I will say, you know, you said it's a very fun episode. The Ferguson stuff not so much fun, but everything else is fun. That's right. Uh when do you want to get into it? Right after people leave a comment on iTunes or SoundCloud. Or you want to know what? Do both. Do both. Go crazy. Do both. It, it, we're all we're only on this earth for a limited amount of time. Just do everything you can. When do you want to get into it? Uh, right now. Yo, what up? It's Eric, aka Stuntin' on my ex. Actually, you know what, Jeff? Let's stop the music right here. I want to tell the people since they're listening right now that we are going to be headlining our own rap show. Old rap, old rap show rap at show, where? Show. SoB's, Sob's in Manhattan. In Manhattan. When? Manhattan. February twenty third, two thousand seventeen. Why? 2017 i don't know why i don't know well why. I don't know why. we are going to be there performing new songs old songs bringing special guests on stage it's a night you don't want to forget and tickets are on sale right now what are we calling this jeff we're calling it your girls, your tour. girls tour february 23rd 2017 tickets are on sale right now where it's thereal.com the the go it's get the the your com. tickets right now and now let's get into this podcast yo what up it's eric a.k.a stunting on my ex a.k.a magneto yo what up it's jeff a.k.a hit a lick a.k.a L O cool J's to-do list oh, i should have
1: thought a.k.a <laughs> <laughs> jinx a.k.a brandon a.k.a i should have came prepared
0: <laughs> yeah this is a waste of time but it's the real <laughs> <laughs> what? what's going on what's up guys? <laughs> good uh merry after christmas Yes, yeah, it's post-Christmas, pre-New Year's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Happy Boxing Day. Yeah, happy Boxing Day. Happy Hanukkah. Thank you. Thank you, thank you very much. Yeah. This is the first time that it actually, like, coincides in with a while. Christmas in a long time. Yeah. So I always
1: thought Hanukkah came a lot earlier, and then it's like, I want to say it's like right after my birthday, and then it's like Hanukkah, and then it sometimes overlaps with Christmas. Yeah, so it, it, it's according
0: to, like, the lunar calendar, so it really shifts wildly. No, I so, think Jinx just wants us to wish him a happy birthday. Like, oh, yes. Get it. Sorry. No, no, yeah, happy yeah, birthday. So after my birthday? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> When we first got to know you, it was Jersey Jinx, Mm -hmm. and I feel like now it's just Jinx. Yeah, I think so. (laughs) But you are from Jersey, and you put Jersey in your name originally. How important is New Jersey to you even today? Um, You know what's funny is um,
1: people are still like, oh, you're from Jersey? I'm like, yeah, like on the internet. I'm like, yeah, I'm from New Jersey. (laughs) Um, It's really important to me. I was thinking about it in the sense that, like, we were just talking about going home. That's kind of where I got, like, a lot of my influences from, a lot of my – we're like not new yorkers in the sense that we're very like out there and theatrical like we share the same uh i guess you could say like ingredients but they're dialed up and we're a lot more some of us are a lot more lax (laughs) uh growing up down there uh what did your parents do for a living so my mom actually, the cool thing about first coming to the city is my mom worked for NJ Transit. Okay. So she would always have like this pass that they'd let you like ride for free. They deaded that because it's 2016 and everything's sad. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and my dad worked, he was like an insurance underwriter, which I still don't totally know what that is. Right. But
0: um, yeah, I imagine. I mean, it sounds exciting. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, <laughs> you have an older sister. Mm-hmm. And you and any other siblings? Nope, just me and her. So you grow up down there and what is what is life like in Somerset? Man, it's kind of hard to describe. You know, I think
1: about... Um, like, I talk to people. I'm like, oh, I loved high school. I loved, like, my neighborhood. People are like, oh, I hated my neighborhood. I hated high school. And, like, mine was sort of, like... Pleasant. <laughs> yeah, it was like the high school from the movies. You yeah. know, like... Like, crazy, like, rager parties. Um, everyone hung out with everybody. It's weird now, even, like... Going on Facebook and seeing, you know, it's like is that one kid who's cool. Then he diverts, and you're like, oh, maybe you're a skinhead. Like right. we don't really know. Um, <laughs> I
0: think so, that's maybe you're a yeah, skinhead. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, like maybe you know. It's, you can't really judge, but everything your Facebook
1: profile saying. um How much hair does he have? Oh well, yeah, so there no, yeah. So, Okay, but um, you know, so like we grew up and there was just everyone was into everything, mm-hmm. and or maybe it, it seems like that now, but we all we all hung out. There was a lot of fun. Um, I can't say, like, I look at kids now and they go to concerts. We didn't have anything like that. We weren't near enough to a big enough city. So, like, a lot of my musical experience was, like, going to friends' homes or, like, trading, you know, shit, uh, cassettes or CDs. Yeah, yeah, You know, and that's, I remember, like, rap being just huge. Like, burning, I remember hustling and burning CDs in high school. Yeah. I remember it was 50 Cent's Get Rich or Die trying. And I was selling that. <laughs> yeah, and I remember I made so
0: much money off fifty. I made money off fifty. I made money off Fabs, More Street Dreams too. Um, Wait, so you you went home, you downloaded this, you put them on CD, and then you duplicated the CD, and then yeah. went to school with like. A stack? Yeah, like stacks of CDs in my book bag.
1: Were you printing out the labels too? No, I wasn't. I was just like, yo, here it is. I think I wrote on it in like Sharpie. Like yeah, this yeah. is just 50 cent, you know? Jinx's mix. Jinx's yeah, you know. Jinx's mix too. Yeah, literally, I would actually like, like, I think back then, uh, Jesus, it was like Jinx the Kid. Oh, Jinx yeah. the Kid.
0: D-A or T-H-E?
1: It was a T-H-E. Okay, okay. Yeah, um, I, I, I don't know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I, hope, I hope it was a T-H-E. Um,
1: and I was selling CDs in Jersey um, and kids would buy them. I I messed up on i think it was fab street dreams 2 so i downloaded off like napster or uh, morpheus or whatever yeah and i just downloaded the tracks like just in order but i never actually listened to them i was just feeling myself i'm like this is going well yeah (laughs) so they were all the same song they're just different (laughs) titles and i sold it to this kid in school andrew bradley and andrew bradley was like sort of like a tough kid in school skinhead yeah 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 (laughs) yeah (laughs) and um he listened to it immediately and was like, Yo, give me my money back. Like, Yo, you tried to hustle me. I'm like, No, I didn't. And, you know, it sounds like, now it looks like I'm lying, but I really, I didn't. I just didn't even check my product at all. He <laughs> was like, Yo, don't worry. I got you. I'm going to make another one. It's cool. Make another fab CD. And then throw in, like, another rapper at the time. And the other CD, all the other, like, the songs came out really staticky. Mm-hmm. They just sounded like digital feedback. Uh, and he was like, Yo, I'm going to fight you. Yo. Like, yeah. I don't, I spun move out of it somehow. I don't remember what I said or did. Um, I might have got through with the past with my sister, but um, yeah. yeah. I was listening to your Chase B episode, mm-hmm. and I was thinking, like, I loved when he was talking about, like, getting music from regions and going to college and learning about music that way, because yeah. that's how I really, I caught that last window of it, because I was into, like, uh, who was it at the time? I think it was, like, Two Dope Boys, yeah. um, now nah, Right, Boxton, which was crazy. <laughs> um, even, like, Nike Talk had, like, music sections. Yeah. And, like, you'd have to get music from people that you knew or the internet in a very, like, way you had to interface with people and now it's not like that at all and so much music comes out that you can't keep up with anything no like making a 50 best album list this year was actually ridiculous like your top 10 is largely going to be some of the biggest players in music Mm -hmm. unless you're like you know the pigeons and planes crowd which they have like a more discerning ear i think or they ignore some of the bigger stuff but um yeah like i looked at like the staff list or even like albums we were talking about amongst friends and we were all like okay rihanna beyonce frank and there's so much good music that came out but
0: it's just like, how well, can you keep up with it? And all? how do you differentiate a mixtape from an album or like a SoundCloud release versus like EPs? You know? yeah. yeah, I mean, and some artists you can just string together all
1: their singles that they release this year. Like you could string together all of Quavo's features this year, and that might be a great album.
0: Uh, it is. Yeah. First of all, it is an amazing hour and a half mix. It is yeah. on. Uh, I think Fader put it up. Like it is. Also, oh, it so yeah, so it is a thing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Peter's and Plains also put it up. I'll I'll, I'll keep to the complex. Me- That's uh, meeting right. network. <laughs> yeah, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Um, what were you riding around to in high school? Oh man, um, you know, a little bit of everything. I remember like I was happy to have a car
1: because I tell a story at the time. I remember having like I was into like Limp Bizkit and Blink One Eighty Two like in middle school. Wow, and rap. But you know, you get on the bus, you're like you're there with your North Face jacket, you have a do rag on, you know, and then a, a hat on top, mint fleece style. And then you have like this Blink One Eighty Two seat, so people would be like, "Yo, what is that?" And they'd kind of clown you. So I had to, like, put those – I remember putting Blink-182 and Limp Bizkit. I remember I had the Varsity Blues soundtrack, and I put that into my Fabulous CD. So people <laughs> didn't know, you know. And then, like, you know, you're know, you nodding, your head. like, what do you listen to? I'm like, oh, nothing. You know, Busta, yeah, yeah. It's just this hard shit. But it's just like, you know, um, like Foo Fighters Hero. Right. But, um, yeah, I was listening to, like, a lot of Joe Budden for sure – um, a lot of mixtapes, man. Like I remember, I'm so um,
0: angsty, Jesus. Like right? all these songs are just like <laughs> just sad shit. Jinx is just going through something.
1: But um, yeah, I was gonna say the next guy was like, I remember Beanie Siegel's "The Becoming," and I yeah. remember that was the album where I remember almost feeling like I had woken up. I was like, Yo, I get everything he's talking about. I don't live a lot of this, but this is dope. Like I understood the metaphors, the punchlines. But he's also just an amazing writer, right? Yeah. Um, a lot of also like I mean, he's as good as Fred Durst, or you know, oh, I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Some say. Um <laughs> Did you like rap rock better than rap? There was a window I did. There was a window where I was rocking with corn. I was rocking with wow. um yo, I was. I was yeah. rocking with corn. Remember that video where like the bullet was like yeah. going. First? Oh yeah. Um but a lot of it was like through T R L that was a medium. Mm-hmm, sure. Um and also, like, they had more music videos and more money. So a lot of what I learned was, like, visual through music videos. I was a big Hype Williams fan. Mm-hmm. Little X, um, Director X. like So yeah. I kind of learned a lot of my adoption of songs was through music videos. Yeah, We had Countdown shows. We had Cedar's World. Like, you know, Kids yeah. from the Street. Cedar's World doesn't get enough love these That's days. That's true. They sleep on it, you know. And um, <laughs> But, like, that had, like, it was, like, damn their Pixar quality. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, um, At the end of high school, where are you looking to go to school? I got stuck in my mind. I was, like, super... I was a pretty good student without like having to try Mm -hmm. and so i that actually turned out really bad in the end but um i didn't really try so i was like all right i'm good at math and science these are things i like um and i was really into at that point like computer drafting Mm -hmm. so it was like a little bit of art with it so i was like all right i'm gonna do like engineering i'd gone to all these like summer programs like my mom was like big like you look we're not trying to pay for college you know like you seem like you're sort of smart. So, we're <laughs> going to try to make sure that we nurture this. So, it's summers. I would be like, my friends would be in the streets and I wanted to hang out, but they'd send me to like Carnegie Mellon, all these places. I look back on it. So, I, Pittsburgh. Yeah. Wow. So, actually, I considered Carnegie Mellon. Um, I think I had gotten some money from them. It was like uh, University of Delaware. Mm-hmm. Um, at that point, I wanted to say Go it was blue. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Howard. Um, what other schools were there? Rutgers for sure. Yeah. And then I really wanted to go to Morehouse. And I had visited them on like a college tour and i think i just already had to set in my mind as to where i wanted to go because looking back at other schools definitely not the best campus like all dude school mm-hmm. you know my next door but still i was just set that this was like the most prestigious school you could go to and i ended up getting in and then my parents were like oh shit this costs a lot of money and then, yeah. like two days later they sent money for like yo you got a scholarship so i was oh. like all right it's just tight And so i went down to atlanta and i feel super fortunate thinking about like still again, get my musical interest and what i was what i ultimately ended up being into and it was right at the right time it was like 2005 so that's when like wayne was cracking off dj drama was in his his rise jc yo Jeezy did our homecoming concert oh. and i remember he had just dropped the gangster girls mixtape the album had just come out after that with some of the same songs and you can get away with that back then yeah, yeah. um i mean people still do it now <laughs> and um i remember like going to home it's like actually one of the first concerts i'd ever been to because we didn't have concerts where i grew up mm-hmm. so i remember going there i didn't even really like know what was going on it was in our school's auditorium i mean our gym and jewel's performed which was dope and i wanted and then jeezy performed they actually had a song together and i thought they were going to do it, and they didn't um d4l performed like shardy low fabo man um and then jeezy came on and it was like the most like I'd never seen anything like this. This is also the time I first started smoking weed, so everything's super real to me. It's like it's just a movie. I
0: remember this
1: kid walked through and had a um a Ziploc bag full of weed and was just handing it out to people. And so I didn't even I didn't even know what was going on. I just held it. I don't even think I smoked it. I think I smoked something else. I just held it in my hand the entire show. Listening to Jeezy just tell us about the streets. But um, yeah, that was like um that was that was amazing. Were, so, were you bummed that uh, Limp Bizkit did not perform? <laughs> you know, at that point, I remember starting to be like, maybe people told me Limp Bizkit wasn't cool, so I kind of held that up. This right. is actually like one of my first times admitting to this. But, um, yeah, people told me Limp
0: Bizkit wasn't cool, so I stopped. Like, I think started to back fall in it, off. Limp Bizkit is better than it was back then. It, what their catalog? You mean? Yeah, like I listened to it like a few months ago, and I was like, oh, well, you know what? <laughs> it's oh. not. It's like it's not. It's not great, but it's not bad. Like it, it's almost like jokey fun <laughs> it is and like they had um
1: like just visually it was crazy like they had videos of, like method man yeah, they had, yeah like, like crazy remixes with dmx um they, had they, they were video definitely... with the
0: red yankees hat yeah they had the other video with the red yankees hat
1: yeah, had the I other was video. in um i was in a history of the day i was like yeah, i'm gonna bring the red yankees hat back. Yeah, I'm, i think that's gonna be 2017 that's yeah me. yeah fred jinx that's gonna be what i do yeah
0: make that hat great again the <laughs> <laughs> That was good. So tell tell us about Atlanta because there's so many schools down there. Like, how close are they all together? And man, and do you move around to all of them and, and get to know? Like, did you have any friends who went to other schools down there? And what was the worst school around there? Oh man, uh, the worst <laughs> school. So we always had like there's
1: Morris and Spellman basically share a campus. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like they're our sister school and then there's Clark which is a little further down the way and we'd always have jokes for Clark because it felt like they were sort of like the like stepsister, step you know stepbrother but um Clark's a dope school like a lot of friends have come out of there like uh Diani from High 97 down there um steve mm-hmm. um DJ Drama you know DJ, yeah, 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 I want to yeah. say Bobby Valentino's from there really I want to say maybe Ludacris too. there's a lot of people out of there but then there's also people from Morehouse like Metro Boomins from uh Morehouse um actually that might be it um <laughs> but yeah um, it's like so then there's Georgia Tech nearby I had a friend from high school that went to Georgia Tech there's Georgia State there's Emory Um, there's a lot of schools there man and the cool thing is like you would end up partying with all them so there'd be a lot of clubs that would accept you as like teenagers so you could go there DJ Drama used to DJ this club out there called Club Miami Mm. and I remember bringing it up to him when I interviewed him and he was like yo (laughs) Club Miami used to turn into a strip club at 3am and they would let the students stay sometimes that's awesome but i remember the first time i saw it i didn't understand what was happening we're like we're in the club it's Wait, late. what didn't you understand what's happening? Well, happening like, because it's a transition period where like some people are leaving and we're still in the club and then i'm like why are they putting cages up like what, <laughs> like these huge bird cages I'm like this is weird and then like some girls started getting up there i was like oh this is this is kind of cool i guess and then the element that came in was like atlanta's like a hub city so it's like a lot of truck drivers and like weird so like you're a you're a teenager like wearing baggy clothes in there and there's like a truck truck driver with like a leather cut on <laughs> and you're like oh all right like we're not playing rap music anymore it's well, actually they're probably still playing jeezy but um it just got super weird and i brought up to drama and he like acknowledged it but also like changed the subject <laughs> He was like yeah that was crazy all right so
0: <laughs> wait talk about your uh your barber
1: stories oh my god um <laughs> there's one barber i have now which i can't talk about because he could hear this yeah end, right yeah. i'm super frustrated with him i have two barbers <laughs> right now so it's It's not you, man. It's the other guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Yeah, one time this guy named Quam And Quam, like super country dude from Arkansas. He had like all these different businesses. So one time he had like, it was actually not a bad idea. He had this barbershop where next door was a car wash. And you'd come there to get your hair cut and get your car washed. Um, And in Atlanta, you'd have like a gas station. There'd just be a barbershop next to like a gas station, a blimpy sub shop a a metro pcs and then a barbershop it's like really everything common. you need done in like
0: you know a half hour it's
1: actually really common and he was at one off i want to say camp creek so then he'd switch barbershops all the time one time he cut my hair we were in a supermarket <laughs> um, got my hair in a supermarket and it was what? The, what were you next to like, um was, were you in an aisle no no it's like <laughs> it's like this like small shop within the supermarket but um what's kind of messed up was like next to the deli section so that couldn't have been okay no um by any means no but, um yeah, that was actually, and depending on where you cut my hair, it would actually be a worse cut. So the supermarket was the worst haircut <laughs> I've ever gotten in my, to the point where I was like, yo, you cut my hair before, like, this isn't my haircut. You took someone else's haircut and <laughs> placed it on my head, because this isn't right. And it was like, something was happening. I want to say, like, my cousin was graduating college or something, and I just remember like, yo, I'm fucked up. Yeah. Yeah. Did um, your family
0: say anything when you showed up? No, nah, they were just sort of like, mm. <laughs> That's <who laughs> yeah. you get
1: for getting your haircut in a grocery store, Yeah. Yeah. I'm um, trying to think where else he's cut me. Um, there was one time he cut me in like this beautiful loft and we thought he lived there. It had this like picket fence where you thought the doors open but it actually slid back. <laughs> you go in there, it's like the bed is like suspended from the ceiling. I was like, yo, this place is crazy. He cut he cut us there like early in the morning, right before school, for like a year. And then one day I had uh, he had switched shops again. I was like, Oh man, I thought you were just gonna cut us at your house. He's like, Oh, I don't even live there. I was like, What? And Guy Kwam. <laughs> so one time he cuts at my house, and I'm like, "Yo, Kwam, what's up? I need to cut." He's like, "Oh, I'm not at the shop. I'm kind of in between spots right now. I can just come to your crib." I'm like, "Oh, amazing!" Yeah. He pulls up in like his old school. He's um, you know, sets me up in the barber, you know, in my uh, my kitchen stool. He's like has the cape and everything, all his tools. So he's like cutting my hair. The doorbell rings. My roommate was out of town, so I'm thinking it's him. But I'm like, why wouldn't he just open the door? And um, it's it's just weird. Quam's like, well, I got it. And I'm like, but I'm in the chair. So I'm like, maybe this makes sense. You know, okay, quam has got it. He goes down the stairs. And I'm thinking it's like a neighbor or something. I hear two sets of footsteps coming up the stairs. So I'm like, who's in here? And I'm sitting in my kitchen, like half my haircut with the cape on. So I'm like, yo, what is it? And the other guy just walks up, nods to me, and then sits in the side <laughs> of the kitchen. And then mm, he just throws the clippers back on. I was like, he just starts cutting. I'm like, hold on. Yo, who is that? He's like, oh, what's up, man? Like, f- he says his name was like Keith or something. He's like, what's up, Keith? <laughs> and the Kwam's like, yeah, it's Keith. Mm, and I'm like, yo, wait, Kwam, what? Hold on, let me talk to you real quick. He's like, yo, what's up, man? I'm like, who the fuck is that? He's like, it's Keith. I'm like, who's Key? He's like, oh, he's gonna get his haircut real quick. I'm like, Kwam, nah, man, like, like, yo, what are you doing? He's like, oh, you said I can cut out here. I'm like, yeah, my hair, man. He's like, oh, well, shit, gee, what should I tell him? I'm like, Kwam, you, I guess he's here now. Like, yo, what, what were you thinking? You can't cut hair out of here. He's like, I thought it was cool. Why would you think it was cool? He's like, well, I don't know. I mean, you said, you said, and I was like, you know what, Kwam, I did say you, could, you could cut hair here. I did say that. That literally. was your fault. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So then, I get my haircut. Uh, Keith is up next, so Keith gets his haircut in my kitchen. I tell Quam, I was like, yo, no no one else, right? He's like, oh, nah, nah. But when he says nah, I definitely hear him pick out his phone and start like, cause I'm sitting in chair again. Right. I start punching keys, so he's uh. probably telling people not to show up. <laughs> so then my roommate comes home, and then I hear him come up the stairs, and he's like, yo, what is Quam doing in the kitchen? I'm like, he's cutting hair. That's Keith. He's like, well, who the fuck is that? I'm like, that's Keith. He's like, what? what the fuck man and i'm like i don't know man quam's crazy like he is and then he got his haircut by quam too so it was like it worked out but um
0: i wonder i wonder what keith was thinking like well probably the same thing you were thinking when you went to the other guy's house oh this is this is quam's house yeah did quam give good haircuts generally quam was amazing
1: he was amazing (laughs) then i went back down to school for homecoming one year and i was like yo i don't know who else to get here let me just hit up quam fucked my hair up like fucked me up like you know, you want to get fresh from homecoming. I think I had a hat yeah. on the entire time. It was yeah. like, it was... A red Yankees hat. Yeah, red, yeah. yeah, Fred Durst style. It was, um, it was twisted. I remember being like, this is the end of our relationship. Kwame, <laughs> was a good run. Um, but he had all these side hustles. He had, like, managed Jamarcus Russell at one point. What? Yeah. Which, did he give him a haircut? I don't know, but he definitely, uh, he surely didn't give him career advice.
0: Um, <laughs> or maybe he did. Um, I don't know. So you're down in Atlanta. You're seemingly having a good time down there. Was, was Morehouse everything you expected and more? Uh, yeah, you know, at first, um, so I went
1: there to to school to be an engineer, got in there and was like, oh man, I love math and science, but I don't love it this much. Mm-hmm. And I remember actually I wanted to dip and go to Howard cause I wanted to get into video production. I had taken some video classes in school, um, which, which is crazy. Um, so low key, his mom was my guidance counselor. What? Yeah. In, back in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So I knew him, I knew of him, um, cause he used to like play ball with, uh, so, so the cousin that I lived with in they got his haircut by kwam as well mm-hmm. was tight with low key so low
0: key was like and everyone knew him through like jersey right and um low had, key for those who don't know ran you heard that new um dot com and has transitioned into hosting at um uh trap karaoke and at henny palooza and yeah. he's also on beats one radio yes yeah, yeah. He's,
1: he's doing good work and yeah. um so he was sort of like this guy we knew of and like he'd play ball with like the older guys i would be around but you know they're older than us so you'd be like uh you know they were kind of like in that next tier but i always knew of him and his mom i remember being like oh i don't want to take that class and she's like oh it's, it's okay I'm, i signed you up already anyway so you're <laughs> going to take this and she like it was she was the shit so she had that clout you did what she said and she was always cool yeah and she actually got me into like video and like photoshop and all these things that i that kind of like helped transition me into space we're in but um i wanted to leave and i wanted to do more video stuff i wanted to go to howard and I'd known that a lot of guys like like low key and those guys had gone there and they were doing like broadcast journalism, all this cool stuff. And um, but I couldn't because I had a scholarship. My parents were like, hell no, yeah, they're paying for school. So I ended up transitioning from that into um, at, like not advertising, but like marketing, and then tried to focus on advertising, advertisement. And I lucked up and had this like amazing professor that just like took me under her wing. Who was that? Um, professor Hudson, Doctor Hudson, Alania Hudson. And um, there's a lot of us that have come out of that like crop that are in different places. Some at Ebony, at uh, Translation. And she had set up like this marketing um, sort of symposium. And I remember we were trying to get Steve Stout. We were trying to get Steve Stout. We had no money. So she was like, he's like, yo, can you pay for my travel? We're like, no. He's right. like, Okay, pay for my uh, my speaker fee. We're like, we can't. Right. He's like, okay, well, like, just pay for one of these things. And we're like, we actually have no money. He's like, okay, well, like, you know, and he wasn't, he's was just doing business. He's like, I'm, you know, I'm yeah. busy. yeah and she got his phone number somehow and she called me in the office like yo you gotta talk to him and I was like I have no clue what to say she's like yo how excited you are in class I'm sure it'll work so we call him we get his voicemail and I really wish I could remember what I said I just freestyled something not bars but Yeah, I just I said whatever was on my mind and dude was like yo his assistant called back and was like I'm gonna come who's that kid though you gotta like link me up with this kid so I'm gassed right (laughs) As, put, as you should be yeah you know and he's like i knew who he was at that point he had done like the chris brown wrigley's commercial and like mm-hmm. some stuff with just timberlake i knew his music history you know he's yeah. the commissioner yeah um it was a big deal he came to school and he's like just this funny character in a way because he's very much in his phone before that was a thing but he's also like very I used to, he's like what do you think of chris brown and, like i said <laughs> something he's like, yeah cool 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 he goes back to his phone but he had just like the illest stuff to say to all the kids there and was like, he was such a boost of confidence. And at the end, he was like, Yo, I like you. I'm gonna give you an internship. And that's kind of how, yeah, like, I don't think we exchanged that many words, but just off the phone call, you know, and he came to school and um, they brought me up to New York after uh, college and I had an internship there. I remember I, had, I wasn't making any money, my sister was giving me cash. And I was, like, living in Hoboken at uh, Stevens. My friend was in a frat, and the frat was out for the summer, so I crashed there. Hmm. And then I would just take the path every day. And then, like, you know, you didn't have any money, so you'd kind of, like, get by however you could. And, um, yeah, it was, like, it was a dope experience. And I remember, like, working there for, like, a few months before I
0: ended up taking a full-time job, like, in the Midwest. I had a college professor who was, like his name is uh richard dubin and he was the greatest professor i ever had and his his thing was uh and it it was a film business course and he was like let's find out um how a a film works right so there's five of you everyone takes like a different portion of production so pre-production all the way to like ancillary rights like selling toys and posters and the rest of the stuff that you do after a movie comes out people would um do the minimum Right. And, you know, you search online and find whatever you can get numbers wise. But when he wasn't happy with that, he was like, just call people up. And I took him seriously and I ended up calling the producer of The Fast and Furious. His name was Neil Moritz, left him a voicemail. And because of the voicemail I left, he gave me all the information of all his associate producers executive producers everyone there and said give him the budget so i walked into class with an actual like printout of the fast and furious budget and it's funny like just reaching out to people and letting them know that you're like hungry and and willing to do whatever and you have something good to say how far that goes
1: yeah like just do chance she she chose me i made the phone call we were just shooting in the dark and then um he came you know and then he was cool about it and um you know the internship I remember the first day at the internship it was like true Steve style form he walks in (laughs) like like chestnut colored suit he has no (laughs) shoes on (laughs) yeah 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 he walks in he's like uh, just in a meeting like they're having a a morning meeting and they're trying to catch up he just kicks open literally kicks open the door basically (laughs) and is like we're fucked we are so fucked we're so fucked you guys don't know how fucked we are and then starts going through the room he's like you're fucked you're fucked you're fucked and then gets to me he's like hey i know you from somewhere where are you from i was like morris he goes yo what's up man how are you i was like i'm good he's like yo man you made it you made it i was like yeah he's like that's what's up you're fucked you're, <laughs> fucked. you're
0: fucked we're all fucked
1: i remember thinking this is so tight you yeah. know but, um,
0: we're fucked, but this is awesome. Yeah, he,
1: he was so good to me, and there's a lot of good people there that really helped me out. Um, I wish I had stuck with the internship. I left early because my parents kind of shook me. They were like, Yo, because they were like, What are you doing? You mm-hmm. know, it's kind of hard to explain marketing and advertising. Sure,
0: wait, You're, that's the whole job. Yeah, you know, <laughs> this whole
1: culture. Because even like the stuff I'm doing, like my grandma thinks I like make commercials, you know i guess in some ways i do right right um, right. right. <laughs> but she um it's just hard to explain so i had a full-time job with nestle as a sales rep and so i ended up dipping and living in like lake erie for like a year
0: oh hold on, hold, on, hold on what were you selling Yeah,
1: you know, like like chocolate chips um and like in bags you're like, like literally like i would take i would go to the store go to walmart's so like all through cleveland um parts of like i guess that's like eastern uh well, i guess western pennsylvania and um You'd go from store to store and try to convince them to sell more. Sometimes you'd actually have product on you. Um, you'd have to like set up cardboard cutouts, build pyramids of like Purina dog food. They sold like uh, pet food as well. Go in a store, hot pockets. Oh my um, God. Go in the back freezer and like load all these things up. This is after translation? This is after translation. So I remember thinking like, I'm, I fucked up, you know, And my but my parents had shook me like this is money and they were teaching me off the world that they knew. Oh yeah. Like it's a full-time job. Why would, you know, they give me money to move. They give me a company car. I didn't pay for gas because it right. was, like, a job where you were always on the road. But it was also lonely because it was just you in this big market. And I remember, like, in Lake Erie, so there's, like, nothing there. Um,
0: Shout out to all our listeners in Lake Erie. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was, like, <laughs> Applebee's and, like, I don't know, uh, bar fights, you know, so sometimes it's the same But you place. know what, though? Like, your parents who have those nine-to-fives, yeah. like, n- now. For them, they were, like, this yeah. is a- this they're like amazing. you're going somewhere and yeah. this dude's walking in with no shoes, like you know. Yeah. Like, what what are you talking about? And I was just like living,
1: you know, they're like you're living on a frat house couch, like right. why this other job wants you right now, why are you doing this? And this was uncharted territory for them. So and what was, was your sister well. doing at the time? My sister was she actually graduated at the same time as me because she switched schools and had to like catch up. Mm-hmm. Um she was getting ready to be a teacher because she right now she teaches uh, again, um, another real job, yeah. yeah. She teaches, I want to say kindergarten um now mm-hmm. um yeah so and most of them are like educators and or like so that i get the world that they're in and they wanted me to just they were just trying to look out for me so i remember going out there and i was like man this sucks and i hated the job and i like didn't do well and when i look back at it it was such an easy job to excel at because he is talk to all my managers convince them to buy more you understand market trends stuff that i actually have to do in some capacity now but um and, like, I'm good with no, It just wasn't for me, and I didn't even try. And eventually, Nessie was like, yo, you're not trying. You got to go. And um, they fired me. And, is it triggering whenever you see, like, the the bunny rabbit? So here's <laughs> – you know what's funny? is I was walking through um, – I was dating this girl that lived in um, Bed-Stuy, like, years ago. And I kept at the Bed-Stuy stop on Nostrand, um, off the C train, there's a subway. And I would be on my way to work. And I'd walk by the subway, and I would just get in this bad mood on a train. I couldn't figure out Why? The one day I was at Decon, and I was like, I understand. In the Midwest, the Walmarts have subways built into them. Oh, God and it would be the smell of walking to the store oh my god and that's what and I, it would actually put me in a bad mood that, that is a crazy very distinct smell by the way yeah. so like even there's a subway in the concourse yeah it is a distinct smell yeah, um, yeah. <laughs> there's a subway in the concourse uh under um the time and life building mm-hmm. and where I the want- complex offices are yeah. yeah and there's one coworker that always wants to go and i'm like nah dog i can't <laughs> no sell him out sell him out yeah yeah no, david <laughs> amaya yeah. it's sean stout he knows you yeah. yeah, know <laughs> but um yeah and it it um I remember hating it and then they fired me. And I remember like the next day I got on, it was like graduation time at Morehouse. So I got on a plane, went to Morehouse, uh, partied like most of my money away Mm -hmm. and (laughs) came back home. And then like just moved back instantly. Like my rent was like $400. So like, I remember telling the guy, here's the rest of the month I'm out. Um, and $400, which is crazy. Um, came back home and was like unemployed for like a minute like a year and some change
0: i'm sorry when you were driving around it was just you right yeah just me that's got to be honestly like lonely and boring it was lonely and boring um it
1: was crazy like music was actually like that's how i also i fell in love with just listening to music in a car because you always you always have that but when you spend most of your work day mm-hmm. doing that um, especially if you're driving like two hours just to go to a store yeah. there'd be days where i try to rush through the store visit and then just be in my car listening to music i remember thinking it was special that i bought um Cuddy's first album in by Cleveland by the way I
0: knew it right? <laughs> I knew
1: it yeah because I was a Cuddy fan at that point um, while I was living in that frat house I knew his girlfriend um, through some mutual friends the girl he was dating at the time and she was she'd give me day and night when I was in college Whoa. like and I remember it was like recorded. she gave it to Jinx the Kid yeah Jinx the Kid
0: um, <laughs> she was like don't burn this
1: <laughs> yo I remember trying to play it for kids in my car and they like they didn't get it and then a couple months later he had dropped his uh, kid named Cuddy Mixtape yeah and um I remember being like, I was a fan at that point. And then...
0: Jeff yeah. Jeff saw like the the pieces, by yeah. the way. He was just well, like, Blink 182 said, Yeah, as soon as you said loneliness, I was like... And you were like, I'm in my car. I'm driving. <laughs> so and I'm like, like, yeah. Uh, like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> all of it. I was just like, oh, my God. Everything is leading to cutting Yeah. <laughs> <And> Complex. Um, <laughs> yeah,
1: <right? laughs> um, Yeah, and it's like that laid all the groundwork for it. I remember being in Cleveland, and it was like Blueprint 3 had dropped. Or actually, maybe it was about to drop. And I remember um, they were selling uh blueprint and blueprint one and two is like this box set where you mm-hmm. got a space for blueprint three um i don't think i ever picked up blueprint three i probably downloaded <laughs> that sorry jay um but uh i remember buying uh Cutty's album i remember thinking it was dope i'm in best buy in cleveland and i'm gonna buy this and i bumped it and it was like awesome that was amazing and yeah I, I played that majority of the time i was out there wow but also music still wasn't at the pace it's at today right it was like but that was a good time it was like it was that window um was not currency Remember mm-hmm. the first day of orientation, they had dropped house. How Fly. much weed were you smoking? <laughs> <laughs> too much, too much. Um,
0: you had that whole bag that that dude gave you at the Jeezy concert, and yeah. you, were, you were set for a while.
1: Oh, man. One of the guys I actually went to school with happened to live there during a, I was at a store visit. He was like, Yo, I'm in Cleveland. I'm like, Oh, that's crazy, man. And he was like, sort of like the weed man. And <laughs> not sort of. He was, he was the weed <laughs> man, but also a friend. And he was living in Cleveland. And. Um, I was at the store and he's literally like, "Yo, so what are you what are you doing?" I was like, "Oh, I'm at a Walmart." He's like, "It's crazy to live across the street from a Walmart." He lived. He was literally across the street. I went over there, and, uh, spent the <laughs> rest of the haircut. Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> spent, yeah. yeah. <laughs> spent the rest of the day like smoking weed and uh and eating m- Nestle's like chocolate chips. <laughs> yeah, literally like the time in Erie, like for my job, it sucked. Even though they were like it was good money, um, right. it took me somewhere I wouldn't have been. So it's good to have that knowledge and experience, but you feel that after, right? But um. I spent a lot of time, you know, you're in the middle of nowhere, I have no friends out there, so it was, like, a lot of time on the internet. Literally, I had enough money to get a magazine subscription, so I was getting, like, whoever was still in print, I was getting, like, um, I was getting Complex for sure. Mm-hmm. I want to say I was getting... Uh, vibe. XP, uh, you know what? My parents had Vibe, and I would go mm-hmm. and get, steal from them. Um, I was getting double uh, XL. Mm-hmm. I don't think I was getting the source, but I would go and pick it up every once in a while. And that was a good time for me to kind of soak into my interest. So I realized I was like really into art and all this other stuff. And, um, it was helpful. And then I came back home, was like unemployed for dumb long. Really? Yeah. And then, um, this girl I went to high school with had, she was an assistant to the guy who owned decon and Matt. Well, would, would be mass appeal. <clears throat> and, uh, she was like, yo, I got this internship opportunity when we were in high school. You always talked about this stuff. Like I heard your back. Are you down? And I was like, yeah. And, uh, that's how I got my first kind of look in. So I was basically at that point like a 23-year-old intern.
0: Yeah, like, but good looking by that girl. Yo, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
1: I mean, for sure. Like, she didn't have to look me out. And um, she didn't even stay there that much longer after I was there. But I was there for a couple years. And um, I was taking the unemployment from Nestle and using that to go to the city.
0: Wait, what were you even – were you looking for a job in that year and a half?
1: Yeah, but, like, it was, like, within the neighborhood. You know, um, at that point, I had a company car with Nestle. So I would sold my old Maxima. So I had no car. Um, I wasn't really taking too much income and my parents were like basically about to put me on the Nestle path again. Their friend had this job, this job, this job. I mean, a year and a half. Yeah, and I was turning down jobs and so my parents are like, and and also like throwing parties in my backyard and like coming around smelling like weed. So my parents were like, yo, like, what happened? You yeah. were on such a
0: good path. Also, you got to go through it. You got to go through holidays then in a year and a half, too, where oh. I'm sure, like, relatives are just like, what are you up to? What's going on? We had a dude that was redoing our kitchen.
1: And I remember, like, so I'd see him often, right? He was redoing the kitchen during the daytime. I guess what daytime lives are like. <laughs> and he was like, he, like, tried to school me one day. It was like, you know, you need to get your act together. And I'm like, I don't even know you. But <laughs> he was like, you know, this old black dude. And he was, like, trying to just, like, you know, I see you around here. It seemed like you're not, like, doing anything. And, like, to your parents, I'm carrying around this laptop on, was, like, checking, like, you know, everything. I remember being on InfoSite every day because she always had the music and it was clean. It wasn't, like, full of all this other shit. You could just go and keep up with what was dropping. Mm-hmm. So I was seeing, like, I mean, guys like y'all that were already, like, making steps into this. And I was oh, like. stop. <laughs> no, but, for, you know, like, I knew, like, I want to say, like, I want to say Mikey was already in the game at mm-hmm. that point. Yep. Um, Jersey. I knew of Joe LaPuma at mm-hmm. that point. You know, Noah, Joe LaPuma, those are guys I first followed on Twitter pretty early and when i got on twitter like 2009 so i was watching all these things happen and just wanted to be a part of it and my parents are like i would go to the city so like yo you're going to the city like you're partying like what are you doing and now like they can see how all those things add up or now my mom will be like you don't have anything going on in the city i think you should. like this probably you know she's trying to make sure that i'm doing good at this job or this right. career yeah but it's just funny how they um they upset like it, how upset they were about the life i was living at that time sure and how they didn't see how it could filter and i locked up i mean it could have i could be at home like making mixtapes of 50 (laughs) 50
0: cent albums you know yeah well Well, i think you'd have a tough time selling them right now but you want to know what you could (laughs) be doing (laughs) yeah i could mass appeal you're there for for an internship Mm -hmm. which meant what like what were you doing uh well before mass appeal was decon man i did
1: some crazy shit um everything from like walking dogs to like pouring drinks apart you know crazy shit. walking dogs yeah i'm not gonna we're Are not gonna name i hope so <laughs> it's, i actually saw that dog recently um, you
0: literally had to pick up shit yeah as part of an internship well you know what the thing is um <laughs>
1: i didn't do that because i'm from jersey and we have like like sidewalks and yards and trees so i was like i don't what does that that. mean so i was like i don't know about this new york shit you pick up after your dog nah wait wait, i'm sorry in new jersey you just leave shit on the ground well like where i'm from it's the suburbs we don't have like we're from the suburbs (laughs) nah it's like you don't even walk your dog on the sidewalk. like there's like (laughs) parks and stuff you know yeah i just left it so i'm I'm a bad (laughs) i think you like also pick up shit i don't i mean i don't have a dog i don't know leave a comment i don't know (laughs) i was i was dealing with enough shit as it was so you know um yeah i mean everything from like but then it also throw me into the deep end as far as like marketing campaigns and Mm um I remember a big moment for me was uh, there was this show that was positioned to be the um, kind of like the Black Entourage. It was called The Hustle. It was on uh, Fuse. Mm-hmm. And it was like a show about like aspiring rappers and like their clique trying to make it. Um, it's funny. The kid that's in that show, one of them is on um, Issa Rae's Insecure. Oh, was really? a classmate of mine at Morehouse. So I remember thinking this is dope. But I remember being like, you're in the show. I'm trying to come up with this ad campaign <laughs> as an intern. But... um, I remember I had this tagline, and it's actually, I stole it from like a Styles P song, and it was like, grind now, shine later, mm. and I remember they weren't, my office wasn't feeling it, and but they brought me to the meeting, it was on my birthday years ago, and I remember Ugh, the dude- you and, get it, it was yo, your birthday. I've had, like, had these great <laughs> moments, you know, and um, this dude, this designer there left it in the deck, and I don't know if he did intentionally or not, but he left it in the deck, and then when they were flipping through it, they're like, what's this? And so no one knew what it was, I got to explain it, and we got the tagline, and I remember seeing it on this billboard at um in uh at, what was it i guess right outside of penn station um master square garden yeah mm-hmm. and i remember being like this is a dope moment and did you, um, did you twit pick it or whatever the technology was then i don't i think so probably um <laughs> probably on my old twitter before i like realized i had to like not tweet crazy stuff and like <laughs> made a new one but um but yeah, how amazing man. yeah I've, I've just been like super fortunate man and like been in situations where i think they could have gone bad but you just kind of stick around long enough and well, they uh they work out how did you find your way to complex after that so then, Decon eventually um, inherited Mass Appeal, and then mm-hmm. that's when I started working with like Sasha. And that point, it was like Treats and Timotap. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot, a lot of really good people that um, I knew about, and like, oh, would always try to act like I didn't know just so I could be cool. <laughs> um, but like, I knew these guys, and like, they're like, you know, like gods to me. Also,
0: and, not sure that's ever cool. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it, to pretend like you don't know someone. You, like, you know stand what? On the wall, smoke yeah, a cigarette, yeah, 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 all that.
1: Yeah, yeah it's like, well, n- yeah, where I'm where I'm at now, it's not cool, but. Um, <laughs> I, I'm guilty of it still sometimes. Um, but, yeah, like, those guys, I remember, like, knowing Tim Tips byline and being like, oh, man. So he came out and was just like, oh, what's up? Like, you know, just trying to,
0: like, be cool and, like, fit in. He's such, he's, like, not only a great person, but I think very approachable. And so oh, he's Tim, just, yeah. Tim's the man. Yeah. And
1: and he's his knowledge base is so crazy. And um, what I always liked about Tim is that he, uh, he has a good way of, like, being the devil's advocate in the sense of, like, you're gung-ho on this one direction he presents another avenue and it makes your work that much better Mm -hmm. and i feel like in a lot of places today you need that character and i don't see too many of them and i always liked him for that you know because i always thought like that's the guy who makes your work sharper like he could be at any ad firm and he'd be like the man because those are the guys who like really excel in those kind of places
0: i liked him because he makes me laugh (laughs) tim's hilarious
1: (laughs) and he's quick um and then, uh, so they inherited Mass Appeal, and then I was like, oh, I want I wanted to do this. This was, like, much more into the stuff I was interested in. Like, you know, loved magazine, hip-hop culture. So I was like, okay, this is a quicker way and a more, like, personal way to get some of these, like, ideas and creativity out. So I was working with them. I remember, like, sending emails trying to get the Mass Appeal, like, handles back from people that had claimed them just throughout the years. Because Mass Appeal never made its jump to the internet. It, it stopped right around that time. Right. Um, and, like one guy gave him gave us the mass appeal handle for free whoa he just wanted like i think we sent him like some alchemist best like rapper's best friend albums (laughs) another (laughs) another person like the url i think cost a lot of money but um that's such a uh like a fucking hustle dude it's yeah they just squat on it's like real estate yeah and um so i was like with mass appeal right from the start of the rebuild like i um like down to like the wire framing of the site so i was like lucky to come in at that time and then i just stuck around there long enough got um Got a couple of things published, was like blogging, um, hired a lot of the interns, so I like learned about a lot of different avenues of the business. Um, went to my first South by Southwest with them, which was dope. Had like a really who did you wait, see at South you by you Southwest? On? I think you guys were on I think I did an interview series called Off the Wall, and I
0: think you guys Is I think I really Oh, wrong. you were there? Is this Yo. the thing where like you said that you were you wouldn't pretend to like know <laughs> things? No, no, no. This is this is real. I, was, I think you guys came in. We did, we did, we did. I, yeah. By the way, now that you're saying this, I can picture like yeah. the, like uh, the little conference room, like the brick wall. Yeah, it's yeah. a yep. brick wall, right? Yeah. Tim, oh, was, Tim there. was there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Tim set it up. Oh, that's wild. Um,
1: yeah. Wow. Damn. Um the interview series was terrible, by the way. Thank you guys for like stomaching that. Um, oh no, I no. I but you guys honestly don't remember. I just anything thought the interviewer
0: it. was terrible. But other than that yeah. like... <laughs>
1: But you guys were so quick that I remember being like, Oh shit, this doesn't really work. This is good for like high rappers, you know. Um Yeah, so I did that series and then um Noah would stop by every once in a while. He was like very tight with Sasha. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And um I remember meeting Noah at a uh, a dinner. No Noah Rubin. Um, that I used to work with Mass Appeal and like had bylines of Mass Appeal. I want to say he's like a producer as well. He's doing some heavy stuff in weed culture now. Um, he was Noah's roommate, I believe, in college.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I could be getting that wrong. So we're at a dinner. I sit down. I know who Noah is, but I don't. You know, I'm like I show up late, of course. Everyone else <laughs> is on time. It's a hot pot dinner. Yeah. So it's like I've never even done that before. So I'm sitting down. Um, I'm making this huge mess because I can't get the stuff from the hot pot to my plate. <laughs> noah's there and he's just like kind of watching me mess up and he doesn't say anything but it's like it's now bigger it's like reaching out to the people next to me like and he's next to me what your mess yeah it's bad <laughs> it's to the point where like he's actually like now reaching in the pot with like like trying to help me get right mm-hmm. uh he's like oh so what do you do i was like oh i work with noah at mass appeal i'm like what do you do and he's like oh, i work at complex i'm like oh cool what do you do there and he's like <laughs> uh you know i don't think he was like cool about it. He's like oh you know I'm, I'm like, at that point, I think it was just like EIC before it was like Chief Content Officer. Uh-huh. Yeah. they on am EIC. I'm like, oh, it's dope, man. Like, what's that like? He's like, cool, you know? <laughs> so we're like, we're chatting. Um, and that's kind of it. I'm like making this huge mess. So I'm like, I should probably slow up on a conversation and just not make a fool of myself. The night goes on. And then, like, he came by Complex if, by Massville a few other times. And then um, it was just be like a quick head nod. I never saw him anywhere else. And then one day, a uh, dude hit me up and was like, yo, man, you want to grab a drink? And I was like, sure. Uh, told me they were going to be. They need someone to either run the music channel or do video. Hmm. And I remember being like, "Oh man, all these amazing writers I knew, like Insano. I knew all these people that were there, you know." And I was like, "Oh, I, you know, I don't know if I can. Um, I don't know if I'm ready to do this stuff." And I was like really, really nervous. I remember walking in the office and it was like a big office mass appeal was like, you know, yeah, it was like a couple people, yeah. And we were all doing, like, triple jobs. You know, I walked in Complex, and it was like, they just got into Time Life. So it was, like, this huge office. looked very, like, uh, sterile and clinical. Yeah. And I was like, how are they, like, doing all this stuff? They brought me into, like, Joe's offices, like, Jack, Donnie, uh, NCB. And they was asking, like, yo, what kind of music are you into? And I thought that was tight because when I used to interview people for jobs at Mass Appeal, that would be the question I asked. I wasn't like, what's your resume? Mm-hmm. And they seemed like they're really into it. How many like, words can you do a minute? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Thank God they didn't ask me, that, <laughs> you know? Um, and then I remember telling them, I was like, yeah, man, you know, I really love music, but um, maybe I'll try the video thing. And they're like, okay, we haven't really ironed it out yet, but we're going to give it a go. And then, um, I started and it was like me and B, Fred and Donnie kind of going at it the first couple of days. And then, uh, they hired a couple more people like the next week and then we over some time we figured out what it was and then we just ran with it and it's now it's i mean now it's become such a big piece of the company's business still yeah. it's, it's dope man like to be able to settle to, like hearst and verizon and then now you're seeing other people get hired off of it you know um and then just become this big that's like the new that's our new uh you know direction as a company's video yeah so it, it feels good
0: I want to talk about a few of your interviews but um first i want to talk about uh what was it like meeting sean what was it like being uh emily like all of them um were you like oh motherfuckers like i'm i'm the guy you know what it was like i had met sean
1: in um i had met sean in all-star weekend that that year before he had joined and he was like a freelancer i think he was living in chicago at the time and he had set up like sean's always been very entrepreneurial and he's very like that's like the thing I appreciate the most about him is that he's always just going and getting it no matter what And he was a freelancer that had finessed his way to All-star weekend in New Orleans it was I want to say 2014 and he had his own interview set up he had gotten down with people at the DSA at a home um, like a little house set up and they were doing video interviews and so we were using him to kind of make some video content and we had no clue what we were doing. it's taking us three days to get an interview up on the internet um, and I went out there and I felt like I was like this shit we were starting having some success. I had interviewed LeBron that weekend. It was like, I'm hanging out with Joe. We're like, uh, we're doing the Joe the Puma life. You know, we're like going, getting free shit. You know, we're like, you know, going to dope restaurants. Joe got me into like this like Drake concert. So I'm like, you know, I'm just, I'm just living it. You know, it's like one of my first work trips. Maybe it was my first work trip. So this is dope. And then I see Sean and Sean's like, he looks really nervous. And he's like, he's like interview with like 2 chains, like uh, Dame Lillard, uh Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Like this like, <laughs> really weird adidas like collection of people and i remember they had a two chains interview so i had like sent him an email like and i look back at it now it's like so shameful i was like yo man i think i want to do the two chains interview like it's on video like he was like nah nah i set it up i'm good i got it (laughs) and i remember thinking like yo like i really should have fell back what was i even thinking but um he killed it you know and then later on they were like who should we pick who should we pick and i brought his name up a couple times i feel like no one heard it and then eventually they were like yo we're gonna get this guy sean and i'm like yeah duh like he's dope <laughs> and uh look at where he's at now you know he's like uh show hot ones i think is like yeah. our main property you know and the it looks like really easy and fun but like it is fun uh but
0: it looks disgusting it's and- scary as hell yeah. um but he
1: puts so much i mean i know it's a hot ones day because he's there early and he leaves late mm-hmm. despite whatever's going on in his stomach um <laughs> But well, yeah, meeting him, I knew that he was sharp. Um, and then, like, over time, he's kind of loosened up and, like, found his own lane. Right. And at first, I feel like people didn't know he was funny, but he's hilarious. Like, he's, Sean's really funny. Um, hold and on one Chicago. second.
0: Yeah. What up? How'd you do that? Well, because you hear the elevator, and then you okay. hear, like, no one else. Um, that was tight. Yeah. But you Dan, were standing at the door for a second, no? Are you Dan, doing? this is Brandon. Brandon, Dan. Nice What's up? I was um, like, yo, how did you, you guys no, are just all in sync. He's like, yeah. yeah. Well, no, Dan's you do coming. enough of these and like, <laughs> Dan doesn't have work today. So, you know, like he's, sorry, anyway. Um, like Dan, wait a second. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but, okay. And Emily. Meeting Emily.
1: Uh, So Emily joined. And I remember thinking like, she was super nervous, super quiet. Did you try to steal her interview too? No, I did not. <laughs> I, I had grown up since then, in like the course of two weeks. Um, No, but she was like super nervous. And you could tell that she was like, like just very shy, I was like she had just moved to New York City. Emily's super young, so I remember thinking like, Is she ready to do all this? I didn't know what her background was, and I remember wanting to help her, but she always seemed like she was able to kind of just figure it out on her own, and she's another one where I just look at all the time since and like how sharp she is, how she does stuff with it seems almost effortlessly, but um, yeah, my first impressions were like, all right, well, like I'm the captain, I'm gonna show you guys what to do, and Evans kind of knew what he wanted to do, you know. But, um, and Emily was someone that kind of found her, her lane, like doing the Supreme line, eventually doing a Supreme doc was like a big win for the company. And, uh, now I'm playing catch up to them, trying to figure out like how I can like push my shit for further and far enough to have like the same reach as they do. But, um, it's been interesting and there's always like, I don't know if they feel that I think there's always a sense of competition of like, how can we like, who's going to own the day? Mm-hmm. Um, Sean's been on like an eight month streak, you know, just killing it, but, We've also, we're all tight, you know, we all try to make sure, like, we uh, we all have, like, a, I would say, like, collective bargaining. We always make sure that we, like, make sure that we're all on the same page, or for the most part, um, and try to make sure that
0: we get our, our point across to the higher-ups and as well, like, the audience, too. Can you talk about what I think is probably your most notable um, time in news, and that's the Ferguson trip?
1: Yeah. um, You know, I was talking to my um, my relatives about that this holiday it's like good and bad. Cause I feel like, like even artists, they come and they point to that. And I'm always like, well, damn, I need to do better at my music stuff then, you know? But, um, they point to that. It's like how they got to know me. Um, you know, being like a big Cuddy fan, that was sort of like how, like he was watching and was telling people he knew and reached out to me. I was like, yo, this is amazing. I can't even like believe there's someone out there. Mm. And I think we were doing stuff with video for a while, but that was before even a full year on the job. And, that was sort of like people like oh complex they have video they're out here but um and another thing too i think it's changed me like it's definitely exposed me to you can watch it on the news and always turn it off like when you're there you're you're seeing such like a uh a a personal level to the point of like i know the sounds i know the smells you you know how long that street is like you're just there and um you just see things and see people's reactions in ways you've never, you just never imagined. Like, I never imagined I would have gotten tear gas before. Or, like, you have guns pointed at you. And it's stuff where you're like, yo, what am I doing? Like, I'm supposed to be, like, rap journalism. Like, how did I end up here? Did we, it make you want to go back to being a Nestle? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know what? Um, It was, like... It's really hard to describe, man. Like, because there's so much would happen in a day. Like, you'd be around during the daytime. It'd be a block party. I remember I was out there with Damian Scott, who's now I want to say a BT, mm-hmm. and Dame. Dame's the man because I remember I'm like in shock at one point where I'm like, Yo, what? Like, why is it like this? Why is like, why are we treating each other like this? Mm-hmm. And Dame's like, Yo, they're playing lifestyle a lot out here, right? <laughs> and I'm like, What? He's like, No, that's like the song, man. He's like, Yo, look at these cars and like he's painted to the car culture. And he just went through the same stuff we went through at night, but he's like still has his mind around like soaking in the culture. And I remember being like, "That's how I need to move. That's how I need to act." And um, it was lifestyle. Young Thugs and Rich Homie Kwan's lifestyle was the the anthem of the daytime um, in Ferguson. It'd be like a block party. Yeah. There'd be people out, families out, because there was like a lot of protests, a lot of energy along. Uh, I want to say it was West Florissant was the street. But then at nighttime, you'd see the element change. Mm -hmm. Blunts would get sparked. You'd start smelling a lot more liquor. The parents and families would start to go in, and the people from other areas would come in. And it would stop becoming a protest, and it would start becoming a riot. And then the cops would be out there. And it was like this weird, like, chess match every night. And you're like, yo, guys, why don't one of y'all just not come out the next night? Why don't one of you guys just, like, not have it be like this? And um, it was crazy. You'd walk in. Cats were running in corner stores, setting them on fire. And you'd be right there, like— You'd see guys with guns, you know what I mean. You'd see guys like you know pilfering liquor stores. You see the cops, cops had uh, been tear gassed. Um, remember one point they were shooting. The, it's like just like these weird things you don't ever think about that no one will probably explain unless you're there. And I remember they would shoot tear gas canisters up, and it'd be this weird thing where you'd wait until they you'd be looking up and wait till they started to arc down before you <laughs> ran because you were watching people run and they'd go up and they weren't watching where they would come down. They'd get hit. they were hitting cars and they're like hot metal canisters and then they shoot out tear gas right so and tear gas will like it'll stop you in your tracks and it's like weird to like acknowledge that i remember thinking about it and it felt like baseball like it felt like baseball in high school where you're waiting for the ball to kind of take its arc before you start your path to run and catch it except it's not a baseball you know and it's like that's like such a weird comparison to have like it brought me back to like gym class But it's not that at all. And that's the closest reference I have to it. And that's just tear gas. Yeah. You know, uh, could you believe that this is America? Like, yes and no. I mean, because there's definitely real people doing all these things. And like, you're talking to some of these people. Um, But then it, it seemed like the easy answer would be like, guys, let's just stop. But there's just so many other layers to it. And you're like, man, this would be really great if this just wasn't happening. Like, and by the end of our stay, we were out there for I want to say like eleven days or something long. I remember being like, I wanna go home. Like I don't want to do this anymore. I wanna I wanna go back home. And um and I was just like, man, why why is this like this? And I remember like it, it definitely it, it changed it changed me forever. It definitely made me take my job more seriously. I started looking at the stuff I was doing and understanding that people were actually watching it. Um, and not just like the celebs, but like kids. I remember right after it was Trelectro. I went out to Trelectro and like I think I came back and I did like one news story. It was about like fifty cent. I remember being like, This is pointless. Like what does this matter in comparison to this other stuff? And I remember feeling really guilty that we got to leave. We started making friends with some of the people in the neighborhood. They would take us around, make sure we were safe. Um, and I remember Trelectro was going on and I, then it's like Migos is performing and it's like just like chaos. Like I can't even like take it all in. Um, and I remember just being, and like, and people were still coming up to me, like, during a performance. And they were like, yo, what's up? Like, I saw that. Like, like I didn't think I'd ever meet you. And I'm like, really? And I didn't, like, that was a, a clear jump from my career. But also, um, yeah, it was like a weird thing. Like, you'd feel guilty if people were, like, dapping you up about it. You know? Because you're like, I did, it's still messed up there. And I didn't really do anything. Right. You know? But I realized some people, they didn't see all the things that we were showing them elsewhere.
0: Yeah, I think that you guys... You exposed what was happening on a on a level that was easy to digest to you know young kids because otherwise it's it's CNN um, or and CNN wasn't even broadcasting it much I don't think they were like they had
1: people there but you'd watch and they had like there's this one clip um, our photographer Sean Stout the guy who likes to go to Subway yeah he um, <laughs> he has a photo and I want to say it's like Don Lemon with like a gas it's daytime we're outside the McDonald's Don Lemon with like a gas mask on and a bulletproof vest and then the rest of the photo is like it's like the media area and it's like it's there's no tear gas it's like the afternoon it's just like theatrics i remember thinking this isn't how it's supposed to be or like there's someone rushed out here guys and you're like no it's not man like the mom's pushing a stroller it's like a block party right and i just thought how dangerous that messaging was and i've taken that with me for like everything we do like even if it's like rapper beef over instagram like just like trying to not ever lie Mm -hmm. um and even like that window where it seems like you can leave an open space for people to put, like, nah, don't do that. It's irresponsible. And then um, I remember seeing and called, and they were had been, somehow they gotten word that we were out there seeing our stuff, and they were trying to get me on their broadcast. And I remember thinking, nah, and just instinctually, I was like, I'm not going to do it. And there were some people were, like, urging me to do it. A couple guys at Complex, like, I think it's a good look. And I remember thinking, like, I don't think so. We'd been watching CNN every night. And I saw they had taken Barack's speech about, like, Civil unrest and they had only part they had had was like, you know, you guys need to not protest or something like that that was clearly aimed at like that community and how people started to like give Barack a lot of backlash. And I'm like, out of the context of that entire, you know, conversation he had, that was a piece of it. And I think he had a good message, but they took that and ran it. Mm -hmm. I was like, all I need to do is say not even the wrong thing, the right thing, but without context to loop it. And I was like, "Nah, we're building our own thing over here. Like, we don't need to give you guys more credibility in our space. You right. guys clearly think we're worth something. I'm just going to keep doing complex, and we're going to keep building this thing over here and keep telling these stories. And we would just go in the neighborhood. We would just talk to kids. And we looked like them. The only thing they knew is we had the complex mic flag, and that's how we were going around. But, um, you know, we, we looked like the people that we were talking about. And so that got us places that they couldn't go. They came there in their suits, you know, and uh, it didn't work for them you know people were throwing rocks at them and like booing them yeah and uh we were able to kind of be amongst the protesters but it's also weird you'd have moments where like you're marching with the crowd trying to uh report and then next you know you're chanting with them because you feel like it's you too so like that line got really blurry and i was just trying to figure out what like i'm not formally trained in journalism i don't definitely wasn't on video so i didn't like i was still trying to figure it out as we were going along but i think that we never tried to hide that from the audience. And they even like when we did our political coverage this year. It was like, look, guys, we're learning with you, so just ride with us from now on, and we'll all kind of figure it out as we go along, as opposed to you know trying to front like we know stuff, and then try to put on like a certain voice or look. It's they can see through it, you know. Right. So we just didn't do that.
0: Yeah, to to separate yourself even a little bit at night, I'm sure to like you know file any report has to be just extremely difficult. Yeah, I mean there'd be times where we'd run back to the hotel
1: one night we went back to the hotel this might have been the second year when we came back we went back again the following year yeah and we um we went back to the hotel to like kind of get all our um our clips together and there was something going on we literally had to drop what we were doing and come back out there and some guy ended up getting shot that night mm-hmm. um where they were shooting we like it was crazy stuff like diving behind a cop car and the cops telling you hi behind the engine block and i remember thinking that like when i watch cop movies now or like action movies you see somebody hiding behind a cop car i'm like you're not doing it right <laughs> you got to get behind the engine block you know but it's like weird stuff like that that um like you just
0: don't like forget you know that so that that first trip um you and damien scott was Rembert out there too so Rembert was there but i had missed him and Rembert had gotten there
1: during like the real commotion like when before a lot of other crews were even out there so he was there when like they were moving through the neighborhood like tear gas and assault rifles rim was literally like running from yard to yard yeah um and then right as he was leaving i would gotten there and then um we kind of started to catch the protests and it became a little more i guess organized isn't even the right word but it started to happen along florison as opposed to the neighborhood and a lot of that think, i think a lot of locals were like yo we just don't we don't like the way things are going we don't like that we lost this member of our community Mm -hmm. you know but this is turning to something else and they were like you know when you're afraid to even go outside and speak in your neighborhood, that says a lot. By the same people that are saying that they're here to protect you, that relationship is fractured. It's never going to come back. Not in, not within this lifetime for some of these people. Or the kid who's six, what's his thought going forward, you know? But remember caught that first wave, and we were there the second wave. And, um, I mean, we came back and, like, literally compared stories. I ran into Rembert at Trelectro, Trelectro. yeah. And that was like, he just like you know remember he just like had his arms open and he just he hugged me he was like yo it was crazy right yeah and i'm like it is crazy and i remember telling him, i was like it doesn't even feel right and he finished my sentence he was like being here right now yeah. and i was like yeah and then we watched amigos like have a thousand gunshots <laughs> and flames and then that was also like that was a, that truck show was good man that was like big sean had kind of a good coming out there mm. travis
0: scott i feel like that was the start of his it's his sent, reign yeah. yeah and uh one last thing about ferguson how did you how did you figure out that j cole was there so, um Damien told us and Damien's tight with Jake. Oh, right. They were yeah. um, yeah. Right. Saint Saint John's. John's.
1: yeah, roommates at one point. Um, if you watch Dave Chappelle's block party, you can see them both in the yeah, crowd yeah, next yeah, to each yeah. other, which is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um neither they both have not the hair that they have today. Um <laughs> and um we found out he was there and J. Cole was like I have never really seen anyone do this, at least not in our time, right? Like moving amongst people and it was just him, it was like Boz was with him, uh Eve Eid. was with mm-hmm. him. Um, a couple other members of the crew that I'm not as familiar with. Um, I don't know if Scott was with them. Um, but they were just moving through the crowd. And I remember, like, you kind of know that window where someone's done talking. And they kind of start to move. But he didn't. He was just sitting and looking at people and, like, giving them his full attention. Mm-hmm. And he he wasn't going to give us an interview. He really wasn't. And Damien got in his ear. And then he talked to him before. He was like, look, man, like, you can start the camera right now. But if you edit any of this, like, we're going to have a problem. You know, and I was like, "Look, I'm not into that. You know, like I'm down for you to speak your piece. I think it's really important." You know, we chopped it up for a little bit beforehand, and um, he was honest, man. I think I asked like two questions the entire time, and he just he just went, he just talked, and it was honest. Um, and he spent all day there. He spent all day till it got like almost like the sun started to go down, just talking to people. But that interview to me is like every once in a while a kid will tweet that at me, and I I don't forget it happened, but. You know, I'm like trying to talk to J. Cole about music these days. You know, I'm still like trying to find that interview. And Mm -hmm. he doesn't have to talk to anybody now. You know, that was part of his ascent too, honestly. Mm -hmm. That was like a big moment for him, whether he realized it or not. And um, I remember this girl during one of the nights, she was in her car and she shouldn't have been there. She was parked and she was playing the song he had made about Ferguson right around that time. And I remember telling him, he was like, he was talking. He was so fast. I told him and he like kind of stood back and I was like, yeah, that was like right there last night. Um, I was like and they were tear gassing but um that was a moment man like that was like kind of like that was a big moment for him I think it was a big moment for me I remember Angie Martinez came and like reached out and hmm. I don't even think I was on her radar and she like came and like spoke to me about it um and these are like the people you always want to hear from I never thought it would be in this capacity you know but um I think a lot of people watch that whole chapter of complex and it was um it was crazy but Cole that was like you sit across for some interviewer sometimes or some some interviewees and you're like man you're about to just give me the spiel you know sometimes i ask what how many stops have you been to because i know you're going to give me the same story how quickly can we get our video up Mm -hmm. uh nah man they he was super honest and you could just feel him what he was saying and i i'm super thankful of it you know i've run into him like a few times since maybe like once or twice and i just thank him for it you know i was like it's not really for like what it did for my career but like kids still come to me and stop me about it so i know that what you did meant something to them Mm -hmm. you know it was dope yeah
0: um well now transitioning to probably some of your uh least or or least memorable interviews i guess uh didn't birdman like fall asleep on you so yeah um (laughs) dude man that was like so um birdman
1: at brooklyn like law college or whatever what was that uh some college in brooklyn Mm -hmm. and i remember thinking like this isn't like why is he even there He's going to be speaking to a, a class of law students. Okay. I, I know this is a thing now, like bringing rappers and having them speak at college. Like, Khaled. Yeah. 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 And he's like, they're cut from a similar cloth, but Khaled's definitely like much more in the moment and yeah. not high. Right. right. Yeah. <laughs> so Birdman, um, he's in the class and he's like, at one point he tells everybody in class that he, like under different circumstances, he would kill them. Oh. Uh yeah he's like talking about hustling he's from the streets he's from the streets Slim- he's down by law yeah <laughs> Slim actually Slim actually had way more like deep and meaningful shit to say but he doesn't talk that much right yeah and then he was there I, I forget the name I want to say his name is Vernon with their lawyer mm-hmm. and he teaches there so that's how they ended up linking up mm. but then they brought camera crews in there I'm like oh this is for a BT series and I'm like why am I why am I here and I was and we were waiting for like hours Ugh. so I'm like man this sucks and you can't say that because, like, you look like an asshole being the guy's like, you get to hang out all day and wait for Birdman to show up. So, like, how bad is your job? You're not putting dog food up in a, in a Walmart, you know. But um I was just like, man, what is this? So, let me go to interview him. He, like, the way they have it set up, they end up, like, they're supposed to be first, but they drop us to third. He gives, like, one interview to, like, uh some traditional media outlet, like ABC News or something. She's asking the most, like, boring questions ever. Like, you can tell she's, just, you know, it's. As these, more of these outlets start to get into our world, they're actually fucking it up. Right. You know? But um, they're, everyone's excited for the mainstream outlets. So he does that. Interview sucks. <laughs> and then they give another interview. I want to say it's like double XL, And she goes for like 20 minutes. I remember thinking like, damn, this is fucking our time up. Birdman's starting to get antsy. So then he keeps, as soon as the interview goes, I'm hungry. Uh, I'm hungry. <laughs> you know? And he's like, wanting, like, come on, I'm hungry. You know? He's <laughs> like, got that Birdman. Like, uh, you know? And... The post is like, "All right, we're going to get you food." He's like, well, "What the fuck, man? I want I'm hungry." Uh, and so he's like really upset. She's like, "Oh, you can go now." I'm like, "For real?" <laughs> so I go to sit down. Slim's cool, Burman's cool, and Burman's like oddly excited or he's just maybe just, he's still like he's smiling cuz it's all metal in his mouth. Yeah, so yeah, he's yeah. just like, "Hey, ah, uh, what's up?" But he's still hungry, He's still cursing out his his like assistant. <laughs> so I'm like, I, "This is a weird like this is a weird moment." You know, he's like upset, but he's smiling. Um he seems much more jovial in person than I thought he would uh, his tattoos are crazy <laughs> crazy in real life like crazy um, like scary almost and then he's like we're doing an interview uh, like immediately he's just and he has these glasses on but they're not they're not. you can see through them and he just starts to like goes <laughs> off I, I just try to keep talking through it like well the camera's back there maybe they can't see you know but then his head starts to lean and I'm like shit man so then I like lost him yeah and Slim's like says two words and then Birdman, he's like looks to Birdman I'm like yo I think he's asleep and they're like oh they acknowledge it and keep having the interview I'm like nah this is video like this is a bad look and then I finally like we try to wake him up he like snaps up and then when he snaps up the first time he just starts talking he's like ah, ah. you know and then he falls asleep again. This time he's deep to the point he starts, like, snoring. And I'm like, oh, and there's people behind me. Like, there's, like, other <laughs> interviewers that want to interview him. His team's there. I'm like, How long is this interview for? <laughs> this, is, like, this is six in, hours? This is in the course of three minutes. Oh, my God. That's crazy. This is like, uh, like, this happens so quickly. I'm like, that's that lean sleep. Yeah. Because it was like, he's still making the same noises. So I'm like, fuck, man. This sucks. Like, this is a Burman interview. How am I going to explain this when I get back? Um, Then eventually I, like... I'm like, all right, let me like I like tap his knee, which is like, <laughs> I don't know. I never thought that would happen. So I'm like yeah, tapping right. Burman's knee, he like snacks, he goes, I was sleeping. And we're like, yeah, he's like, oh. <laughs> and he's like and he just grins. And I'm like, all right, this is dope for you. And then he's like, Well, basically interview's over. We have nothing to show. And now he's flipping out, he's very hungry. Cuts off everyone else that's supposed to go after me. And um, that was it. And I remember walking out like this was a bad fucking idea i told everybody (laughs) it was a bad idea and then dude shows up like in new york like the next week or whatever and is giving interviews but the next day he goes to breakfast club and gives that amazing interview and i feel like everyone's like not everyone but i'm surely someone in the office was like how come we didn't get that i'm like because the dude was fucking falling asleep after not eating and pretending to be like a law professor all day (laughs) and we shouldn't have gone there we should have come to the office the breakfast club interview that he did for like
0: two minutes yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah so like they got i had four minutes with him he falls asleep they yeah. got two minutes and it was epic it, right it resulted in merchandise and one of the memes of this yeah, year. yeah. we didn't even we forgot that it even happened was that this year
0: yeah put some respect on my. yeah, I yeah think that, that was this year that was this year yeah this
1: year it's been a long ass year it's um, real it hard. feels like it was a separate year but they got that and i was like fuck <laughs> and it's just one of those things where you just live in the shadow of that like all right yeah bourbon interview well that's a thumbs down
0: but like that couldn't have happened with you guys because you had like a personal grudge with them Yeah. But now I'm like Like maybe if you had said something really, really crazy about him. I should have ran the interview so that he got upset. Right. And then wanted to sell the score. You You know? You should have been like, Hey, when I was in high school I used to burn all your CDs, hi. Like that that was and that was like
1: I needed I really needed to have a good interview. It'd been kind of like a gap since me getting interviews and I was like, Man I need to have a good one. And I was like, It's Birdman, this is a bad scenario, but I'm gonna try to make the most of it and it just did not turn out dope at all. Can you give us a good story from Complex Con? Complex Con. The one thing I was bummed, I really wanted to uh, actually meet Cuddy. You know, um, mm-hmm. I, that never happened. Um, but I met some good people there, man. Like uh, I was on a panel, which was like kind of crazy with like Rachel Nichols from ESPN, yeah, uh, Swaggy P, yeah, um, and Jesse Williams. Amazing. It was dope, man. What was the through line? Um, I don't know really. They were just like, Yo, Jinx man, we're having complex com. We guess we'll put you up here. But Jesse's cool man. Like I met him at the uh B. T. Awards and I guess he had kinda known probably through Ferguson. Mm-hmm. Um, and he had like given me a basically a pre version of that speech when we were interviewing and it never ran. And um then he went on to do that speech at B. T and I was like, Damn, I wish I had like he was ready for it. Um but he's been a good dude. He's been very friendly to me. Um rachel nichols caught me off guard because like i really only watch her in the broadcast i don't like listening to her on podcasts right she's like cool as shit like i i hope you guys can get in contact with her and bring yeah. her in because like yeah. she's she's sharp she's fast she's funny as hell um and swaggy p like he <laughs> he he might be out of his mind you know <laughs> i mean look at I, his I dating it. history um <laughs> i i love that guy like um i can't say we're friends but um I've done enough Iggy Azalea stories yeah. that he was like, "What's up, Jinx?" and I was like, <laughs> "What's up, man?" You know, and um, yeah, he was he was cool though. You know, yeah, yo, um, that was a dope moment. Listen,
0: uh, Swaggy P knows you, Angie Martinez knows you, Jay Cole knows you, K- Kid Cudi reached out to you. I'd say you should go back now and find the guy who is redoing your parents' kitchen and give him the stout. Be like, "Fuck you, hey, yo, what's up, fuck, man? you fuck, fuck you, fuck you." <laughs> like, hold on, let me take my shoes yeah. off. Okay. Yeah, no it's been it's been it's been a crazy run, man. And I think
1: sometimes like. It was never on my radar. Like, I kind of just wanted to be, like, this dope. I wanted to be Steve Stout, you know? Um, and But I always, like, liked, you know, the Noahs of the world. Um, you know, uh, what Angie's done in her time. I uh, saw Info the other day, you know? Like, kind of like these figures that I don't think you can be them anymore because you can never be anybody. But, like, just, like, the presence that they have there's so many of us doing the same thing. But I've had, like, I've been really fortunate, man. And I still, some days, I have no clue why I know staying in this game whatsoever nothing on broadcast he's just like yo what's up? you wanna grab a drink and gave me a shot and um you know I'm
0: definitely not the easiest to work with either and he's like just being like super patient and like let me rock out so I'm like well, I know why he picked you it's cause he saw the mess you were making and he was like well <laughs> he might not be good at much but he can probably be on camera I'm like this is memorable that's yeah. right <laughs> I kid. Yeah, that's, that's right. right yo thanks so much for coming through and you guys were having yeah, me of, of course, course. hold on hold on how yeah. many more days on card Oh, boy. Uh, uh, six? Six? Yeah, well, there's yeah. tonight, right? I don't know. Which is this?
1: Yeah, uh, six or seven. Six, or seven? seven? Yeah. Seven, yeah. Seven, I don't one. know. We're not very good Jews. <laughs> Jews. Okay, I gotta find the Hanukkah turnout. Shout out John Chapman for bringing me to my first Hanukkah. I know this kid's probably listening, man. Like, he's a <laughs> fucking man. Yeah, shout out Hanukkah. Yeah. Hey, where's John
0: Chapman from? <laughs> uh, Jersey, man. Jersey. Jersey. yeah. Jersey Jinx. Thanks, everyone, for listening to this new episode of Waste Time with It's The Real Jeff. If people want to find out more about us and this podcast, where can they go? You can always go to soundcloud.com slash Waste of Time. You can also go to iTunes and search for A Waste of Time with It's The Real. We are on Twitter at It's The Real, Facebook at It's The Real, Instagram at It's The Real. We are also on Snapchat at It's It's The Real and It's The Real. Eric, because It's The Real was taken As we approach the end of 2016, we just wanted to say once again, thanks to everyone who has subscribed, rated, commented, and most importantly, listened to this podcast. And we appreciate especially those people who have spread the word and told their friends about this podcast because it doesn't grow without you guys. So it starts right here with us. Jeff, which friend would you like to tell? I have a couple people. I want to tell Foster Kamer. Shouts to Foster. Because uh, Foster was not mentioned in this podcast, but he had a great... Uh, impact on Complex Video Yes um, And that should be mentioned I also want to give a shout out to I am HBY from mm-hmm. LA Yes Who we met actually one time Yes we did uh, And yeah shout out to him Shout out to him for listening And, and hopefully uh, those two Foster and I am HBY Will spread the word about this podcast I would like to thank and shout out Two people who left comments just now On iTunes that, by the way, helps us rise in the rankings. That's right. Yeah. So I'd like to shout out Smiles 1988. Now, I really hope that Smiles 1988. Is Smiles in South Star? Oh, I hope it's one of them. You you pick which one, but I, I hope it's, it's one of them. I think it's going to be South Star. Smiles said, I am always entertained and learn something new when I listen to y'all. Keep it up. We will. And I'd also like to thank BRX Bell. So I don't know if it's like Bricks Bell or Bronx Bell, but it's B R X B E L L. Bricks Bell, who said, uh, great show, truly in-depth interviews from a perspective. Unlike anything in the podcast world, Eric and Jeff are awesome content creators. It's been amazing watching you guys grow. Stay up, Brody Bell. Oh, I should have read through the whole thing first. Shout out to Brody Bell, shout out to Smiles 1988. Jeff, we're back again next week, right? Uh yeah. I think I can do next week. Unless you want to do 12 podcasts in the next week. That is the opposite of what I want to do. And we'll see you next week.